Welcome to the Movement Podcast with Pastor Joshua Lockett and Triad Christian Center. We're glad you're joining us today as we continue our boot camp series. Are you ready to fight? Let's tune in. Series, we're preparing to fight uh, spiritually speaking. So this is a great opportunity for you to just get your fight, your boxing gloves on. As some of y'all have been looking for something to fight, and I'm going to teach you who to fight. Amen. Hey, if you just go back and look at the series, you'll find out probably kind of sort of who it is we should fight. And I can tell you now, it's not necessarily going to be your neighbor all the time. It's going to be the enemy. Amen. And so if you got some punching you left, you got some kicking you left. Amen. Let's point it all in the right direction. Amen. My name is Joshua, and that means uh, Joshua was a fighter. Amen. So I fought more than all my people in my family. Probably I got in more fights probably than any of my siblings. And, um, you know, I'm still a good child, but I just had to fight, the, you know, to fight the Lord's battles. Amen. But thank God for those who are fighters. If you're a fighter, shout I'm a fighter on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you're watching. Just shout it out. By the way, we are opened up on Facebook um, live. You can go check us out on Facebook as well. If you're on YouTube, you can stay on YouTube. But just letting you know, we have Facebook and we also have our website as well running now. So we have multiple avenues to uh, connect with. Go on and share this uh, link with someone if you're watching and encourage them to go on and tune in. We're going to continue talking about today activation of spiritual authority. And uh, and then I put after that faith, activation of spiritual authority. And then I put the word faith. So really, we're going to focus in on faith today. And let me just kind of help you out. Those of you that are watching for the first time and maybe for those of you that have been watching but just need a little review. Uh, we have been covering a boot camp series and we started off. The identifying what a soldier, uh, the attributes of a soldier. And we also talked about inside battles. We talked about battles that we fight on the inside. Um, and I encourage you to go back. All of these videos are archived on our YouTube channel, so you can go back and watch them. Uh, we did. We talked. We had a Q and A uh, on prayer. Uh, you can go check that out as well. You know, prayer I believe does release warfare. It can release warfare. We talked about how favor, how favor fights, how favor fights for us. We talked about having the advantage. Amen. We talked about um, also as well this past Tuesday night, we talked about spiritual authority. Amen. We talked about having authority. Uh, we talked about different things of that nature. So it's important that you go back and not just listen to this message. And I just encourage you to listen to all of the messages. Authority, however, is probably one of uh, maybe I'll say this about all of them, but it's one of the greatest weapons that we have as believers. You know, when David went to go fight Goliath, and some of us remember that story from Sunday school. Um, but when David went to go fight Goliath, he says, you come with sword and spear. He said, but I come in the name of the Lord. And I believe it's in the name of the Lord that we find authority. Now, this past Tuesday night, I identified authority with three words. I kind of broke it down. I said authority is the power of God, it's the presence of God, and it's also the permission of God. So what that means is that it is the ability of God. Is God saying you are enabled to do this assignment? It's the allowance or clearance of God. Is God saying you're allowed to do this assignment? And it's also the appearance or the presence of God. Jesus says, where any two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there in the midst. If you're in his name, then that's where his presence is. Are you with me? So it's in his name. He says, I will be there in the midst. It's amazing how in, even in the famous scripture that we, we love to pray about healing for this land, he said, seek my face. And that's his presence. And I believe when you have his presence, you do have authorization from God. Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 through 11 says, I forgive this man. He says, and I do so in the presence of Christ. Another way he said is that I do so in the authority of Christ. So the presence and the authority of God can run, to, uh, run beside each other parallel. So the presence, the permission, and the power of God. Then we started to talk about how do you actually activate spiritual authority? Okay, because we know that when you activate spiritual authority, you know, salvation is a gift that has to be worked. 
And here's the thing. Jesus did pay it all. He finished it on the cross. He, he dotted every T and dotted every I in, as, in relation to what he did for us. But God does not force us into freedom. God does not force us into joy. We have to yield in order to walk in these fruits of salvation. And so there are some things that we have to do in order to maximize our potential in Christ. So the authority, yes, it's been given. We do have rights to it, but it also has to be activated. Say activated. Come on, shout out activated. So one of the examples that I used this past Tuesday night was about a police officer. And I know there's a lot of feelings left and right about about police officers, and maybe some people don't trust them anymore. But as I said before, not all police officers are bad. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's better with them on the scene. Can I get an amen? We need authority. We need people who carry guns, who have the right heart, amen, right spirit. But it's okay to have weapons, amen. And so, you know, God is a God of war, and he takes care of business when he has to. And so when we look at this, but we realize that if we called a policeman to our house and the policeman showed up and he didn't have a walkie-talkie, he didn't have any handcuffs. Let's say there was a burglar that broke in. Let me give you context. Burglar broke in, and he's just talking to you and your family and saying, I'm going to do this to you, I'm going to do that to you. And you, you just believe that God's angels are going to take care of you, so you don't even have any weapons in your house. And he's just going to town, and you call a police up. And the police comes, and he says, hey, I'm here to arrest um, the, the burglar, the person that broke in. And he doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have a walkie-talkie. He doesn't have handcuffs. He doesn't have a taser. He doesn't have any of his weapons with him. We know he has the right to arrest the man, but he doesn't have the power to do it. He's got the permission to do it, but he doesn't have the power to do it. And you know what? As much as he means well, he's going to probably struggle with that person because he has nothing. He has no power. He has no weapons in order to watch this execute or enforce the law. And so what you have is you, that's what we call them, right? Law enforcement. In other words, they enforce what's written on paper. And so if you don't have power, you can't enforce what's written on paper. And a lot of us can read the word of God and see what's written on paper, but we can't enforce it because we don't have power to enforce it. Can I get an amen? There are some things that God has said over our life, but we can't enforce it or even experience it because we don't have the power to do it. And I basically told us this past Tuesday night in so many words that power is our responsibility, which means it's not automatic. And again, why is it so key to focus on power? Because power is a manifestation of your authority in Christ. But it's our responsibility to walk in it, to experience it. So I don't want to be a police officer that shows up on the scene or a soldier that goes to war and I don't have a gun, I don't have any bombs, I, I need to have something. Can I get an amen? And so somebody said, well, all I got is my voice. I just praise them. That's great, but just stay with me in the natural for a little bit. If you don't show up with any weapons, it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to lessen your chances of winning the battle. So that is the power that God, I believe, gives us, but we have to arm ourselves to be ready to execute the assignment. So here's the thing. Do you, do you have the permission? And also, do you have the power? Do you have the permission to do God's assignment? And do you have the power to do it? And that's what authority is about, is the permission and the power of God. So we talked about how to activate that power. We talked about how to activate that power. And if you go with me to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, we will start reading the scripture. Amen. And just a, just another example, I just think even with what's happening today, Ephesians 10, Ephesians 6, verse 10, I think with what's happening today in our society, you know, I'm going to make a comment and some may agree with it, some may not. But when you look at our constitution, it looks like on paper, everybody should have equal lives, right? It says liberty for all. But you know, sometimes we don't experience that. And because it's not necessarily enforced and it's not interpreted. And now we some people might say there's there's systemic racism. There are things in our system that keeps people underneath. 
But on paper, if you look at it, it seems like everybody should have the right to their rights, right? But they don't always get it. Why? Because it's not always necessarily being enforced. And I believe it's the same thing in the Word of God. You can have all of these rights through Christ. You can have all of these liberties and all of these freedoms in Christ. But if you don't enforce it, you will never experience it. Isn't that what was the big deal about the slaves? They didn't even know that they were already free. Why? They weren't experiencing freedom. But what happened? When they recognized that they had the freedom, it was now being enforced. But for two years, I think it was, they didn't even know they were free. And I believe that that's what happens with us as believers. Sometimes just through ignorance, we don't even know the power that we have in Christ. And we're living the lifestyle of an unbeliever and of someone who does not have relationship with Christ when God has called us to hire. So tell you, say, I'm going higher. I'm going higher. So look what it says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. This is a, this is a great scripture about spiritual warfare. And it says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And in his mighty power, which, is, which means it's a choice. It's a choice to be strong. Then he says, verse 11, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against all the strategies of the devil. How many know the enemy is strategic? Amen. And then it goes on to say, verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. And I believe Paul's making this emphasis because he's saying you're not fighting a natural war. You're fighting a supernatural war. And he says, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So then he goes back and says this, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor, not our armor. See, we, we have a way that we fight, but God has a way that he fights. And it says, put on God's armor. This means put, put on spiritual armor. And it says, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, because there are spiritual battles that we have, you will still be standing firm. And I'm going to jump down to verse 16. In addition to all of these, this is, this is one of the parts of the armor you put on. In addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith. So come on, say faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. So faith is part of the armor that we put on when we're going to battle. It looks, look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. And for those of you that have an outline, that's the first scripture that I have up there. The, the scripture is, is probably, uh, it may not be stated there, but just, it's Hebrews 11, verse 33, and it starts off by saying this. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. By faith. That's how it happened. And it says they became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Let me read that one more time. It says they became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to to fight. I don't know what you're battling today, but you can become strong and battling against that thing by faith. It may be, you may be battling suicide. You may be battling divorce. You may be battling depression. You may be battling an addiction. You may be, you may be battling alcoholism. Whatever it is, the Bible says they became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. I declare the enemy is on the run because of your faith. Can I get an amen? He is on the run because of your faith. You may be battling poverty. You may be battling a sickness in your body. But I declare that by faith, that faith will put your enemies to flight. 
And it says, they became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. So you see the power of faith. Faith is a weapon that we actually use in warfare. Now, this is natural, but it's also something that we put on in spiritual warfare. Look at what it says right here in the next scripture that I have, Matthew 17. It's the book of Matthew, book of Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. And it says, afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? Which demons are spiritual enemies? This is boot camp. Come on. He says, why couldn't we cast out that demon? Jesus said, because you don't have enough authority. Jesus said, because I didn't tell you to. Jesus said, because I don't cast out demons anymore. No, he said, because you do not have enough faith. And faith activates your authority. So here's the thing. God gives us authority to break the powers of darkness, to remove the powers of darkness. It's just like policemen are given authority to remove the evil in a city. They're, they're, they're authorized to keep peace. They're authorized to remove negativity. We are authorized to remove the power of darkness. Jesus says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They will cast out demons. And by the way, just because COVID is here doesn't mean that we stop breaking demonic powers off of people. Just because COVID is here doesn't mean that we stop praying that the spirit of infirmity leaves people. Come on, he is still a healer. If he was a healer yesterday, he's a healer today, and he's a healer forever. God is not on quarantine. Can I get an amen? The Holy Spirit is still present, and God is still a present help, even in the time of trouble. And I don't know if you're battling with some of that, that demonic power today in your mind, but I declare freedom right now in your mind. I declare God is setting you free from the lies of the enemy. Come on, give a shout of praise if you believe God is still in the deliverance business. Amen. He's still a deliverer. Somebody say, I don't care what you say. He's still a deliverer. I know what I used to be addicted to. I know what I used to be bound to. I knew what I couldn't get off of. But when God stepped in, my enemies were scattered and Jesus got the glory. Come on. If you know that you know that you once were bound, but now you are free, let somebody on YouTube know that God is still a great liberator. He's still a great deliverer. Come on now. If he still broke, if you know that he broke you free in your mind, he broke you free in your heart. You don't even look like what you've been through. Give a shout of praise to our great deliverer, Jesus. Amen. And so the Bible says, he said, Jesus said, you don't have enough faith. He's teaching his disciples. He said, you don't have enough faith. Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. So we know that faith is key to pushing back the powers of darkness. Again, I, I know people say, well, why are you talking about darkness? That's not the problem. It's the people in front of me. No, 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 no. The evil spirits of this day is what rules people. They influence people. Like that person on your job who you can't stand and they can't stand you. You know why there's so much turmoil sometimes? I would venture to say it's because there is a demon that is in operation in that person. And I'm not saying they're low level or they aren't, they're not valuable, but we all are under the control of some type of spirit, at least open to it if we're not saved. And so when we're conversing with people and they're going off every two minutes and rolling their neck every two minutes and complaining about how people are not doing this every two minutes, it could be a sign that there is an evil spirit at work, even in your household. There may be people right in your house. Come on now. And we like to talk about people at the job, but what about when they write in your house? Come on now. They, they're going around raving and they're making noises. Amen. And they might not be cutting themselves like the man in Mark 5, but they're shouting every two seconds and they're going off and they're punching holes in the wall. It may be a sign that they are under a demonic influence. What about the person that says, I just can't stop it? 
I just can't break it. I just can't get away from these thoughts of inferiority and insecurity. I just can't get away from these thoughts of depression. Then that may be an evil spirit at work. But let me tell you something. The good news is that by faith in Jesus Christ, you can see breakthrough come in that person's life. Let's make it personal. You can see breakthrough come in your own life. Because sometimes even as believers, we are battling with oppressing spirits that rule us and reign us that have been allowed in sometimes through ignorance. And we didn't even know it. But I'm here to serve an eviction notice by the authority of Jesus Christ that the enemy is scattering. He is fleeing. He is running. Even now, he does not belong in the life of a believer. He does not have a right in the life of a believer. It's been holding you back from starting that business. It's been holding you back from getting married, but it's time out for that mess. We declare you're getting free in the name of Jesus. It's been holding you back from your purpose. It's been holding you back from winning souls, but the devil is a liar. His power is breaking right now. You're coming out of the mouth of the lion. You're coming out of the mouth of the enemy. Every naysayer, every opposition that you face, I declare it's breaking off of your mind and you are getting free. I won't go through COVID and forget all he's done for me. I won't go through COVID and then get bound. No, the devil is a liar. I'm called to walk free, whether I'm in COVID or out of COVID, whether there's racial oppression or there's not. Fear won't rule me. Depression won't rule me. Bitterness won't rule me. The Holy Spirit will rule me. Give a shout of praise to Jesus if you know that you have freedom in Christ Jesus. Yes, and some of you even now, you may be battling with loneliness, and the enemy is just badgering your mind, but I declare it breaks right now in the name of Jesus. You will be free in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, let me keep going. So, look, it says that he said, man, you don't have enough faith. He said, you don't have enough faith. So, we, we have authority, but we're seeing a key to operating in our authority, faith, because we know God uses authority to cast out demons. Matthew 10 verse 1 says he gave them authority over all unclean spirits. So we cast out demons, we break the powers, and we heal the sick through the authority of Christ. And so in doing that, faith activates our power to do what God has called us to do. So with that being said, I want to give you a couple of signs or manifestations of faith that you're walking in faith. A couple of signs. Number one, when you walk in faith, you become prophetic. You are prophetic. Say prophetic. Or you prophesy. Prophesy. Now, I know that's a big term for a lot of us, but really what we're talking about in, in this context is that you are a forecaster. Have you ever gone to watch the news and they said today it's going to be cloudy skies? Today it's going to rain a little bit here and there. Did you, have you seen it happen yet? No, but they're forecasting. But when you walk in faith, you are a forecaster of the things God is going to do. You may not see it yet. You may not taste it yet. You may not touch it yet. You may not feel it yet. But when you walk by faith, you will speak those things as if they already exist. Can I get an amen? You will speak it like it's happening now. You will talk about your future as if it's your present. Amen. You talk about your future like it already happened. And some people get confused. They say, what tense are you talking in? Faith tense. That's what I'm talking in. I'm talking in faith tense. Tell them, come on, say you're talking in faith tense. It ain't past tense, present tense, or future. It's faith tense. And faith tense means it's now. It's happening. It's like it's happening now. And so we become prophetic. Let me show you a couple of scriptures in regards to the Hebrews chapter 11. Now, you know, Hebrews 11 is the faith, hall of faith. We call it the hall of faith. Some and, and, and I want to go here to Hebrews chapter 11 because I believe that when we walk by faith, which is an activation, it activates our authority, I believe that there are some signs that we will see to let us know that we're in faith. Hebrews 11 verse 13 says this. It says, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what, God, what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on the earth. Look at this look, look at this version, the amplified version of this same verse, verse 13. It says, these people all died controlled and sustained by their faith, but not having received the tangible fulfillment of God's promises, only having seen it and greeted it from a great distance, 
by faith, and all the while acknowledging, and look at what it says, and confessing. In other words, they were, they were confessing. And I would venture to say that means they were speaking some things. They were confessing that they were strangers and temporary residents and exiles upon the earth. Let me jump down to verse 22. I'm going to show you this as well. Verse 22. It's in the same chapter. Verse 22. Jump down with me to verse 22. It says, it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said. It was by faith that Joseph, this is the New Living Translation, it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said, what are you saying by faith? Come on now, what are you speaking by faith? It says, it was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently. It says that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. How many of you all have that in your heart today, that where you are is not where you'll always be? but you're going to eventually leave. Come on. Egypt might have been all you've seen for years and years, but I declare you're coming out. If God said you're coming out, you're coming out. And look at what he said. Look at how far he went with this conversation. He said Israel will leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. He said, go on and get my bone. He already started making arrangements for his bones. Glory to God. That's how much faith he had that they were coming up out of Egypt. But see, that was a faith conversation. What do our conversations look like? Are they prophetic? Are they going into the future and speaking it in the, and speaking it now as if it's as in, in this case he was speaking future tense. But what are we doing as believers with our conversations? Come on now, are you believing that, that corona is not going to touch your house? Are you speaking that? Are you believing that God is going to heal that person even if they have corona? Are you believing that God is going to bring you up out financially? What are you speaking now by faith. Faith, I believe, makes us prophetic people. In Romans 12, verses 6, it says, prophesy with as much faith as you have. Prophesy with as much faith as you have. I believe faith is prophetic by nature because it goes beyond what we can see, we can taste, we can feel. It goes beyond our five senses, and it moves out of a conviction of an unseen reality. So, number one, prophetic or prophesy. Number two, protection. Manifestations of faith is that we have protection. The Bible says that faith is a shield. It is a shield. Faith is a shield. There are things that we can walk through when we have faith because we have protection. Ephesians 6 verse 16 says that faith is a shield. Number three, faith causes power to be activated. And this is why we're even talking about it in this series is because it activates power, which is authority. So, number one, prophesy causes us to be prophetic. It releases protection. And number three, it releases power. It releases power. Come on, say it with me. Say power. So, faith activates the power of God. Again, I don't want to be a person that has permission without power. I want to have the power and operation. So look at what it says. I got a couple of enemies of faith as we get ready to try to land this plane. I got a couple of enemies of faith that I want to talk about today. Because as you walk in faith, there are going to be some things that I believe try to attack your faith. They try to attack your faith. They will try to take your conviction and what God has said. And so the first thing I believe that will try to attack your faith is guilt. Say guilt. It is hard to walk in faith when you feel guilty. It is difficult to walk in faith when you feel guilty. Go with me to 1 John chapter 3. This is going to be the New Living Translation. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. It says, even if we feel guilty... God is greater than our feelings, and he knows everything. And it says, verse 21, dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence. With bold confidence. We can come to God 
with bold confidence. In the Amplified, it says, complete assurance and boldness. I believe that it's hard and it's difficult for us to have faith when we are walking in guilt. Now, why is this so important? Because as believers, I believe this, the more we understand grace and the mercy of God, the more we're going to have faith to believe God for good things. Now, you know, it's hard to believe that God is going to do good for you when, he believe, when you believe he's still angry at you. Can I get amen? You're not going to have faith that God heals you because the enemy may lie to you and tell you all day long, you deserve it and you're guilty. And this is why he's, he's trying to, he doesn't like you. So it's hard to have faith in someone that you don't believe likes you, that you don't believe loves you, that you don't believe cares for you. So guilt is one of the most sneakiest uh, uh, enemies of faith. And sometimes, can I tell you this, as, as people who teach holiness, and you know, we believe in holiness, we believe in living set apart in this ministry. It's actually a part of your identity in Christ. It's not, it's, uh, it's not living out the fullness of your life in Christ if you're not walking in holiness, because God is holy. But holiness is not the seed of grace. It is the fruit of grace. Holiness is the fruit of grace. And as believers, if we do not have a strong revelation and understanding of the cross of Jesus and the fact that we have no condemnation because we are in Christ Jesus, it's going to be difficult to walk in a place of faith. He says right here, because he says, if we don't feel guilty, it says we can come with bold confidence. What are some things you kind of push back on because of shame? What are some things you stop praying because you feel like you're too guilty to receive it anymore? Can I just serve a notice for you? We all have sinned, and we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And let me tell you what the enemy, I believe, will love to do. He will love to push you in shame, and I'm going to tell you why. Because when we're in shame, we sometimes run from God. We don't run to God. What did Adam do when God came calling him in the garden? He ran from God. And I believe that's what the enemy wants to get you to do, to run from God. And I know you might have been, even during this pandemic and all that's going on, because of the pressure and all the things that are happening, some of us, you know, if we're not careful, we're reverting back to old habits. And when we revert back to that old habit, then that condemnation comes back up again. And the devil is just talking to us, and he's just condemning us, and he's in our face every day. And he says, God doesn't love you. He can never use you. He'll never give you anything better. You're going, no, can I tell you this? There's power in repentance. See, can I tell you this? David, can I tell you this? He wasn't a perfect man, but he was a confessing man. And he knew how to confess his faults. He knew how to say, God, I messed up. And once you ask for forgiveness, you should begin to walk by faith faith and confidence and say, God has forgiven me. He's cleansed me. And can I tell you this? If you're walking in condemnation today, it's time to get rid of that because God is not holding you hostage to something he's already forgiven you from. And the devil is a liar. I'm speaking to somebody today. You may be walking around with your head down. You believe because of what you did in your last marriage. Amen. You've been holding it for the last 10 years. The devil is a liar. You no longer have to walk in condemnation. How long are you going to walk in that guilt that Jesus has already paid for? But because he's paid for, we can be free from guilt, and we can be free to move in faith. Can I get an amen? So it doesn't matter what you've walked through. Can I just say this to you? It's not going to build faith when you keep shaming people. If you want to build faith in your relationships, you can't shame people into faith. Faith will not be built until fully until we have a revelation that we are the righteousness in Christ. It will not be built fully until we get rid of our sin and even, and even sometimes forget and no longer remember what we've done because guilt has a way of strangling our faith. And how many of us today, we're trying to move forward, but we're not creating a culture of faith. We're creating a culture of condemnation. And how are you going to believe for a better marriage when, when you feel condemned? How are you going to believe for better finances when you feel condemned? How are you going to believe for a greater family? So we have to get rid of the guilt. We have to get rid of the guilt. And I love this scripture because it just basically tells us that guilt will keep us from being bold. We're humble, but yet we're bold, and we have bold confidence. So number one, 
guilt. It is an enemy of faith. It's hard to be full of faith when you are full of guilt. And I'm going to tell you right now, especially, let me get specific. When you start when you start moving in a place where you're praying for people to be healed, you're even preaching the word. Can I tell you one of the main tricks of the enemy when he starts using, when God starts using you, he will try to catch you up with your past. He'll try to bring back your past. He will try to reintroduce you to your past. And he'll tell you, you're not worthy to do this. And you can tell him, I was never worthy to do it. He said, but I, I don't deserve this, but that's why I have grace. Come on now. I don't, deserve, I don't deserve this house, but that's why I have grace. Because grace gives me what I don't deserve. You are right. I don't deserve it. And you will never get it because you can't receive the grace I have. Matter of fact, you might be a little jealous because I got something that you don't have. I got something that I don't deserve, that I didn't work for. But God gave it to me through the cross of Jesus Christ. Can I be honest? You don't deserve anything you have, but it's because of the grace of God that you have. And let's just be real. You should have lost your mind. You don't deserve a peaceful mind, but because of the grace of God, you have a peaceful mind. How many of us, if we just be honest, we took, we took a little bit too much drink, too much to drink, and we, we smoked a little bit too much, and in this state of mind, we shouldn't have it. But because of the grace of God, the mercy of God, he kept us and he protected our mind, and we have our right mind on today. So yeah, when the devil comes to you and tells you you don't deserve it, tell him, say, you are right. I don't deserve it. That's why I have grace. Come on now. It is the undeserved favor of God. So I don't know who's battling with that today, but can I go on to tell you this? Go on to jump that hurdle of guilt because that's going to keep you from walking by faith. That's going to hinder you from being bold in your prayer life. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's, a, it's, it's healthy to have conviction but it's dangerous to have condemnation. Can I tell you what Judas did? I believe he battled with condemnation and guilt, and that's why he took his life. He took his life because even after giving back money that he betrayed Jesus with, he still could not handle the guilt, and he ended up killing himself. It was self-destruction. It's time for you to start living by faith in Jesus' name. Number two, error, error, error or deception, error or deception. Error or deception. Error will cause you to leave the faith. Now, you know, it's not just important to have faith. You got to have faith based on truth. And the enemy would love to lie to us and tell us that certain things don't exist or they don't operate anymore. Can I tell you this? There is a group of people, if I'm not mistaken, that actually believe they're believers in Christ. They don't believe that God still heals people. They don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I know that's sad to say, but there are some people that don't believe God will still deliver and that God will still make a way. They don't believe God operates like that. And you have to guard your heart from error because there is a lying spirit that will come in and tell you that God no longer can deliver, that God can no longer make a way, that God will no longer give you the marriage he told you you can have, that God would no longer move upon your children like he said he would do. And so you have to watch out for the lies of the enemy. Really, when Paul said, I fought the good fight of faith, one of the ideas could be that he fought to defend the faith because there was so much contamination going on in his day, perversion of doctrine. He said, I kept the faith. In other words, he said, I kept the purity of what I first believed. And there are times where the enemy might come in and you might still be believing, but you eventually start believing the wrong thing. You start believing, you're believing, you're, fa- you're full of faith, but you start believing the wrong thing. And I believe it's important not to just have faith, but to have a true faith. Say true faith. So number one, guilt. Number two, error. And number three, distraction. Distraction. It's hard to have faith when you are distracted. I look at the story of Peter. He's walking on water. He starts to look at the wind and the waves, and he starts sinking. And Jesus asks the question, why did you doubt me? I believe it was a correlation between his distraction and his doubt. Because I believe sometimes the more we're distracted, the more we walk in doubt. If we want faith that really endures, I believe we got to be focused. Hebrews 12 talks about how we focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Say focus. So distraction is something that I believe takes us away from faith. Let me read this scripture really quickly. First Timothy chapter 6, 
verse 10. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. This is what it says. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It didn't say that money is the root of all kinds. He said the love of it. And it says, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith. In other words, I would suggest here, they got distracted by the desire for money. And it took over them so much, they wandered from what? The true faith. And pierced themselves with many sorrows. People of God, we've got to remain focused on God's Word and what He says in this hour. Can I tell you this? I've tried to teach this before. Faith is not just optimism. It's not a lottery ticket. It's a receipt. It's an assurance that it's already done. It's just a matter of time before it manifests. Now, you know why we can get excited about that? Because what God says will come to pass. But if God doesn't say it, we can't bank on it coming to pass. And so it's very important that we base our faith on truth, and we find truth in his word. But Paul is saying right here to Timothy, he's saying some people have wandered. In other words, they have been distracted in a sense, or they've been derailed. Why? Because of their craving for money. Can I tell you this, people of God? It's awesome to have wealth and to have increase. In the last couple of weeks, I've been seeing increase, honestly, personally. I was just, I, I was, this past, um, when, when was it? This past, in the last three days, I was, somebody came to me today. No, yesterday. Somebody said, I found this. Thank God for finding it. Can I get an amen? And, and there was something inside of this piece of paper, and it was some more paper. Thank God. But there was something they found. And, and, and they gave it to me, and I thank God for the increase. And, that, and for the, like the last two weeks, there's just been increase in my life personally. I'm not against it. It's for the believer if it's going to fulfill purpose. But what we can't do is we can't start craving that more than we crave the living God. Come on now. We can't crave the blessing more than we crave the blesser. Come on now. We can't crave the blessing more than we crave the blesser. You know, it's important in this season, and I'll just say this while I'm at this point. It's important in this season that we don't idolize his blessings, that we don't idolize his power. We don't idolize the people he's using. It's so easy to move into idolatry, which is a form, can be a form of distraction. And we begin to focus on things more than we focus on the king. Can I get an amen? But today, I just want to redirect you. I want to refocus you back on God. I want to get your focus back on what God said in his word, because there are so many distractions that can come in and keep us from moving in faith. And some of you might even find yourself sinking and drowning like Peter on the water. But can I just encourage you, get your eyes back on Jesus. Get your eyes back on his word and what he said. So number three, distraction. Number four, human logic. I didn't just say logic. I said human logic. And there's nothing wrong with going to school and getting degrees. Amen. I've gone to school. School is great. You learn a lot. You can, depending on how much you put in. Human logic is awesome, but there is a limit to human logic. There is a limit to human logic. And sometimes faith supersedes your logic and your reasoning. And some of us even today, I've been talking about bondages a lot and, and evil spirits. Different some of us today, we, we may even sense that we're facing some demonic activity in our lives. But because of human logic, because we submit only to human logic, we tell ourselves, man, we've been battling with this for five years. There's no way now that we can be free. But the devil is a liar. We may have been battling with a sickness for the last 15 years. And we say in our logic, there's no way possible that we can be healed now. See, human logic limits you. But I'm going to tell you, if, 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 if Abraham would have rested in human logic when it came to him being able to produce an Isaac, he may not have ever had an Isaac because he was 100 years old. About 100 years old, the Bible says, when he had his Isaac. Now, could you imagine that? A man who's a senior citizen, and for Father's Day, he coming and he holding a newborn baby, and he's 100 years old. Wow, 
That doesn't make sense, but it does make faith. And can I tell you this today, that a lot of you, you are trying to make sense of a faith move. Faith doesn't always make sense to the natural mind. I didn't say it didn't make sense to the spiritual mind. It doesn't make sense to our natural mind. Depend not on your own understanding. It didn't say don't depend on his understanding. It said depend not on your own understanding. Human logic has a limit. It's not the devil. It just has a limit. And when we only operate in the realms of human logic and a human mindset, it creates a demonic atmosphere. Jesus says, Satan, get behind me. He was talking to Peter. He says, you're seeing things only from a natural point of view or a human point of view. In other words, he says, you're only going to the level of human level, of human, of human perspective. When you have, it's really what you can even say, humanism. Human is, is all about what we can see, what we can detect. Well, that cuts off faith because there are some things that go beyond what you can see, taste, touch, and feel. Can I tell you this? How many of us have seen corona face-to-face? None of us. But we believe it's still there. And can I just encourage you? Don't have more faith in a virus that you've never seen than a God who you've never seen. Don't have more faith in a disease than you do the Word of God and what He's spoken over your life. Human logic has its limits, but it's important that we renew, watch this, we're transformed by the renewing of our mind so that our mind will not cut off our faith. The Bible says even when he figured he was as good as dead, he said he kept believing, speaking about Abraham. I don't know what it is today that you've hit a wall concerning human logic about. It may be a financial wall. It may be a health wall. It may be a relational wall. I don't know what it may be. I don't know what it is. It may be a wall of bondage. But in your mind, it just doesn't make sense that you can be free. I declare freedom today in your mind. And I declare you will move over into faith. And faith will take you to that victory. Faith will take you to that victory and that battle. It won't be your mind. It will be your faith. And I declare that you're moving in faith and you're winning battles through faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 that they became strong in battle because of their faith, not because of their human logic. I believe in wisdom. Wisdom gives you strategy. But if it's not godly wisdom, it has a limit. So today I want to encourage you to get over the enemy of guilt. Come on, just leave that condemnation at the cross. Ask God to free you from error. Are there some, so there, are there some wrong teachings or some wrong, uh, some wrong logics that you've heard growing up that has messed up your faith? Number three, distraction. Ask God to refocus you. And then lastly, ask God to help you to overcome human logic. Human logic. Father, we just thank you today. We declare you are awesome today. We choose to believe you today. And we thank you that we walk by faith and not by sight. We don't walk by what we can taste, touch, see, feel, or hear, but we stand on your word today. And we declare that just like it says in Hebrews 11, that we will become strong in battle. We will become strong in battle. I don't know what it is that you're weak in battle concerning, but I declare you're becoming strong in battle because of the faith that's rising up in you. It didn't work out like you wanted it to, but I declare that you just stay in faith. Stay in faith. Become strengthened by faith because I believe and I declare that if he said it, it will come to pass. I declare you're rising up and you're putting on the armor of faith today. You're putting on the armor of faith today. Guilt can't take that arm away. Error can't take that arm away. Distraction can't take it away. Human logic can't take it away. But I declare you rise up in the power and the enemy is scattering. You're putting whole armies to flight because of your faith today. In Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're watching today, you have not put your faith in Jesus. You have not started following him. The Bible says faith without works is dead. We talked about faith, but faith. The sign of faith being alive is works, acts of obedience. Today you have, you find out, I'm not following Jesus. I'm not obeying him. I'm not surrendered to him. 
but I want to surrender my life to him by faith. This is your opportunity to do so. When I count to three, just pray this prayer with me. One, two, three. You need to rededicate today. You need to come back to the Lord. This is your moment. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, wash away my sins. Wash away my guilt. I pray today that I am rising up in faith, and I believe that, Jesus, you died in my place. You were buried, and you rose again. I thank you that I no longer have to carry my guilt because, Jesus, you paid the price. And today, Lord, I declare freedom and deliverance from all of the powers of darkness. And I declare from this day forward that I will carry with me the shield of faith and that I will be strong in the battles of my life through the power of of your cross. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody say amen. 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 If you pray that prayer and you believe it and you've made Jesus Lord and rule of your life, you are saved. Amen. And if you've made that decision, it's what I want you to do. I want you to go and text 41411 in your phone. Then I want you to also text in the message box, follow Christ. Connect with us if you made that decision. And also in our chat box, Just state your name and say, I begin to follow Jesus. I'm starting to follow Jesus today. Make make sure we're aware of that if you did so. Amen. Glory to God. Come on, give a shout of praise. Come on, give a shout of praise for the victory in Christ. Come on. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for our faith. It's rising today. And now we have an opportunity to give to the Lord. We have three ways to give. I do thank you all for your support and giving to our ministry. May God richly bless you and increase you. There are three ways to give. You can give online on our website, tryatchristiancenter.org. You click on online giving. You can also give by way of text message. Type in 336-203-0708 and type in your amount. There will be a link sent. And then lastly, you can give by way of mailing in your offering amount to our address, 4321 Burrow Road. So go on and mail that in. Uh, If you decide to do that, thank you all for your support. May God bless you and may God keep you. And may you live by faith and not by sight. God bless you all. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Movement Podcast. We pray that this word has richly blessed your life. If it has, we ask that you share it with others, especially during such a time as this. As always, we'd love to connect with you. Visit us on Twitter and Instagram at Triad Christian, Facebook, Triad Christian Center, or visit our website, triadchristiancenter.org, where we are streaming live Sundays at 11 a.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Until next week, be blessed.